podcast is dedicated to exploring the relationship between our hair, our health, and our heritage. For my second season, I'm facilitating conversations with successful hairstylists and barbers, and I'd love to invite you to listen in as we explore the significance of hair, the important relationship between hair care professionals and their community, why this work is so important to us, and even some common myths about this work. In this episode, we will discuss trichology and the art of being a celebrity stylist. I'll be having a conversation with Dr. Carrie Williams, a trichologist, celebrity hairstylist, and creator of The Goddess Locks. She has been styling natural hair for 18 years and has trained hundreds of women in her natural hair styling techniques. As a distinguished natural hair specialist, She's had the privilege of creating styles for a number of celebrities that include Brandy, Megan Good, Willow Smith, and Ava DuVernay. She owned a natural hair salon and trichology clinic, Mahogany Hair Revolution, in Los Angeles for 11 years. Governor Jerry Brown appointed her to the California State Board of Barbering and Cosmetology in 2013. She's held the position of president of the board for three years and will continue to serve the state as an active member of the board until 2020. She has worked as a speaker and educator for several product brands, including Shea Moisture, Eden Body Works, Carol's Daughter, Curls, African Pride, and more. So I'm so excited to have you here with me today, Dr. Carey. Thank you so much. I know you're a very busy woman, so thank you for joining. So I have tons of questions for you. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. (laughs) Great. All right. So although this podcast is focused on hair, believe it or not, Dr. Carey, you are the first trichologist that I've interviewed. So I'm sure trichology is a new word for most of us. So what exactly is trichology and how does someone become a trichologist? Well, trichology is the scientific study of hair and scalp disorders, so it is a branch of dermatology, but with trichology, it's a holistic or homeopathic um, practice, and so for individuals who are interested in becoming trichologists, there are a lot of certification programs that you can go through. I also have a certification program that is accredited Mm. through the American Association of Drugless Practitioners, yes. Wow. Um, Because I do feel that it is important. Hairstylists, most licensed stylists also study a little bit of psychology when getting their license because it is important for us serving the public to be able to identify common scalp disorders, especially if they can be contagious. Mm. Um, And so I do encourage stylists to further their education in trichology because then we can better serve our clients and really help, you know, with help provide homeopathic solutions to hair loss and also scalp discomfort. Okay. 
Yeah, this I'm, I might need to get certified in this in terms of really getting the holistic approach to hair care. Um, I'm mindful that some stylists might do things that are harmful to the hair, but it sounds like you're really focusing on the hair health and scalp health um, in particular. Yes, definitely. Um, I think that as stylists, you know, we are artists. You know, we really are artists. Um, but there's so many men, women, and children who deal with issues of hair loss and itchy scalps and flaking. Mm -hmm. And really, as hairstylists, we're the first line of defense for those things. And so I do like to put a huge emphasis on that because before we can get to creating and maintaining beautiful hairstyles, we have to make sure that the foundation, which is the scalp, is healthy and that the hair is strong. Very good point. All right, so... Um, my sister-in-law is actually one of your clients. Shout out to Amina. <laughs> For years, she would rave about you. And so I was so glad to finally meet you at the Natural Hair Industry Convention last fall. So could you tell me a little bit more about your personal journey in becoming a hair care professional and even your process of perfecting your craft to the point of making your mark in Hollywood? Yeah, um, well, I've been doing hair my whole life. Like, mm-hmm. I was a little girl who played in the Barbie doll. As soon as my little <laughs> sister was born, she's four years younger than me. I was all in it. And so I was always <laughs> fascinated with hair. Um, and I always really enjoyed it. It just came naturally to me. And so, for me, the journey began as a kid, but accepting the natural gift and really pursuing it as a career began in college. Mm. So, you know, in college, you're discovering, you know, what you love, what you want to do. And I just began to beg the question in college, what can I do for the rest of my life and love it? And all of the evidence was in front of me. Um, I still was doing hair. I held down a couple of jobs on campus. Mm-hmm. And when I really thought about what brought me joy, doing hair brought me joy. You know, whenever I had to go to my other job, you know, I wasn't as excited. Mm-hmm. But when it came to doing hair, it brought me joy, even in the midst of a midterm, even in the midst of a final. <laughs> And so, you know, I just pursued it. You know, I, I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do this. And because I trusted and just had faith in myself, you know, just being intelligent, I knew that in pursuing my dream, I can do something else with it. Because being in my highly academic environment at the time, you know, there was a lot of pushback that I got. You know, I didn't get a lot of support from my peers and some of my advisors mm. because I did excel academically. And when it came down to, but once you graduate, what do you want to do? And I'm like, oh, I want to be a hairstylist. You know, you know you're at a number one public university. <laughs> People are like, you want to be a hairstylist? You know, what? what? Um, but, but I had confidence, you know, and I'm so glad that I pursued my passion. Because even for myself, I didn't know what was available to me, you know, in, in styling hair. You know, the field of trichology, I was introduced to that while in college, while reading Essence magazine, and hmm. you know, I also knew when when I decided that I was going to do hair, I knew that I wasn't going to be your traditional stylist. Like I had goals of being a business owner. Like hmm. that was my thing. I was like, you know, I want to do hair, but I want to own the business. Hmm. And so, simultaneously, since I was in college, you know, I figured let me let me take some business classes. Let me let me understand you know, that aspect of what I want to do. And it really came in handy. And so after I graduated from college and moved back home, I mean, it was full force for me. I began to work in a couple of salons. You know, I just just dressed myself into the environment immediately Mm. um, to learn the business of running a hair salon from the inside out. And um, after about a year, 
of working. I worked in about three salons at one time, at one point. Wow. And so after that, yeah, you know, you got to get in there. You know, I was like, okay, let me see. But it was great because it allowed me, and that's one thing that I learned in college, though, to do my competitive analysis, to be able to compare different business models, to do my research. Mm-hmm. And so what better way to learn than to actually thrust yourself into the environment? And so um, after about a year, I took the step of faith and opened up my salon. Wow. And I've been... I've been working and steadily growing my business since. Wow. Yeah, I've seen your work all over. I follow your Instagram in particular. And I see that you're doing hair for red carpets and magazines all over the country. Um, How do you manage your schedule and decide on what jobs you'll take with various celebrities? Well, it takes a team. You know, I have a wonderful assistant, executive assistant, um, who helps me with the management of my schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, having an assistant, though, you know, I definitely have developed the discipline of management. It requires <laughs> calendars and planners um, and uh, lots of lists. Mm-hmm. Because I will say that, as you stated, with the demand of knowing that I do still work in my salon, my consistent working professionals, but then I also have the wonderful opportunity to travel with my celebrity clients and to style their hair. It really just comes down to scheduling um, and writing things down and, again, having help. I have an assistant who helps me to manage my schedule because there are so many competing demands, Mm. and sometimes I do need to compartmentalize and kind of hyper-focus on one project. But with my assistant, she's able to help me balance some of the other things that are happening around maybe a major project, like if I'm working with a celebrity or a red carpet event. Um, my my working professionals, my regular clients don't feel neglected because I have my assistant who has my back. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. can, you know, make sure that they're getting their needs met and that they know that they're still getting their appointments. And so it's really a team effort. Um, it really just requires some organization and discipline. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, you have, you have some strategy there. But um, yeah, it's clear that you're a visionary, you are a healthcare provider, and an artist, all combined into one person, um, along with entrepreneur and all of that. So you are the creator of the Goddess Locks. I'm curious, what does your creative process look like? And how do you continue to come up with new hairstyles and hair goals um, and create these works of art? I love this story. Um, in general, I'm a very spiritual person. And so when I, when I talk about the gift of doing hair, I mean, it really is a gift. A lot of my ideas sometimes come to me in dreams and visions. Mm-hmm. I may be out and I get a stroke of inspiration. And so that was my process with the goddess lot. When I was approached by Megan Good, she was interested in getting a full lot style. And she was clear that she wanted her lot to resemble Lisa Bonet's. Hmm. And initially, my response was, that's Lisa Bonet's natural hair. I, you know, that's not possible, <laughs> but we can, we can do something. You know, we can figure it out. And I, and she believed in me. You know, we had just met, but she believed in me. She was like, you know, I, I feel like we can figure it out. You know, I feel like we can figure it out. And so I told her, you know, I'm going to pray about it. Hmm. And I really did. You know, oftentimes as a creative, and again, because I trust my gifts and and the process of creation that I will just sit and meditate and wait. And that's exactly what happened. I prayed and I was trying different things. I would hop on the phone with her hairstylist, Maisha. We would talk and try to brainstorm. We just couldn't come up with anything. And so one day 
um, we were about to have a meeting or a phone call just to discuss the style for making. And I was just sitting there and I was talking to God and I'm like, God, <laughs> the, the prayer was actually give me the words to tell her this is impossible. <laughs> but, you know, in that moment, I truly had a vision and God gave me a vision. He showed me exactly what to do. And, and I saw the process in my mind and I just, I followed it. And that's how the goddess thoughts came to be. You know, I, I took it, I did it, and, and it became. And one thing that I did underestimate is I underestimated the power of the vision God had given me. I didn't know that when we did that style, it was going to take hold the way that it did. Well, now it's just a mainstay amongst black hairstyles, you know. that mm. um, I truly created something that is recognized worldwide and now manufactured. And, and, and it's just amazing to me. Um that that has happened, but it was, it was also just a lesson for me, too, to not undervalue the vision. And so as an innovator and creator, that actually, you know, to your question of, you know, what what is my process in creation, I, I'm constantly coming up with ideas. And what I learned from the goddess life is just not to underestimate the, the, the power and the value of the ideas because they can catch like wildfire and that would be the advice that I would give to anyone. And so my creative process is really taking the time. I oftentimes like to sit and, you know, I get inspiration from things in nature. Mm. Um, and honestly, though, honestly, when I sit and I meditate or I think, visions just come to my head. Visions just come to my head. Um, and, I, and, and I just begin to create. Um, sometimes even in the very moment when I'm working with a client, um, my hands just start to move, but a mm. lot of it um, just comes from just a feeling on the inside. Again, inspiration from nature, um, and and really too, when I talk to my clients with everything that you need, really just tapping into what it is that they want and mm. trying to combine my gifts with their desire. And I've just been blessed that it always works out. <laughs> Yes, it's interesting because I've done a lot of research about traditional African rituals connected to hair, and hair is always part of spiritual ceremonies. So to hear you talk about this spiritual connection between hair and the creator and your creative process is really interesting to me. Even for like the Yoruba of Nigeria, for example, the hairstylists are seen as, you know, these spirit women that are channeling certain energy basically because the head and the hair are supposed to be the creator of spiritual um, essence, that um, they're so highly respected, but also that they hold your destiny. So there's different sayings that stylists hold your destiny. So I'm just thinking about what you're saying and how your gift is really holding people's destinies through your art. So this is some deep stuff you're sharing right now in terms of really having visions. Yes, you know, and I believe that, you know, I believe that, and it's just always, it's just so beautiful to know, as you were stating, like, just when we get to the root of who we are and our culture and our ancestors, I've always felt in my spirit that our hair is spiritual, and even when we talk to men and women who lock their hair, we can even trace, you know, lots back to biblical days and just understanding that power, I very much believe that, and and yes, because of the spiritual experiences that I've had, (laughs) with hair. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And that's why I, um, I'm so giving freely of my gifts and, and sharing with other stylists, having a passion for teaching music. I think it's important that we, um, 
really preserve our legacy, especially mm-hmm. as black people, yeah. with our hair and through our hairstyles. Yeah, that's, I'm just thinking about, like you were saying, with locks. Locks are particularly a warrior hairstyle, like in Kenya and Tanzania, that you can only wear them if you've put in the work um, for liberating your people. And so I'm just mindful, too, about that lock process, like you were saying. So, Dr. Carey, I know that you have locks right now, but I know that you must have had other hair looks as well. Can you tell me a little bit about your hair journey and how it reflects your experiences you faced as a black woman related to hair and beauty? Yes. Well, you know, my hair journey, um, as a little kid, my mother kept my hair natural. Um, Mm. I would get my hair pressed every now and then, um, but she kept it in braids. My mother herself, she wore her hair in a shortcut natural, and then she locked her hair when I was in second grade. So the example that I had in the home was of a woman with natural hair. Of course, going to school and being around my friends and having cousins with different hair textures, I wanted to wear my hair differently. And my mother allowed that to an extent. Mm-hmm. She never gave me a relaxer. She never gave me a dairy curl. And I wanted both. <laughs> but she never did it. And she constantly reinforced to me this the beauty of my hair. And I was able to use herself as an example um, that our hair is beautiful. And so... Um, in high school, I decided to fully go natural because, again, my mother kept my hair braided, but when I got into high school, she gave me a little bit more liberty to, you know, make more decisions for my hair on my own. And so when I took out my braids, you know, my hair was long, so I wanted to keep getting it back. And my mother told me, she said, you know, don't keep pressing your hair, don't keep pressing your hair, your hair's going to break off. And I didn't listen, mm-hmm. and it broke off. <laughs> and so that was the lesson that I needed to learn um, and realize that what my mother had reinforced my entire life, which is I'm beautiful the way that I am, my hair is fine, that was going to be the best route if I wanted to keep hair on my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. actually been the foundation of me building my business because of my own personal hair journey mm-hmm. and wearing my hair natural, understanding how at the very foundation and the basis of hair health is really, especially for black women and people who have curly or tightly coiled hair textures, is the less we do, the better. Mm. Um, I'm intertwined into my passion for my business. And so, so yes, in, in uh, 11th grade, I stopped pressing my hair and wore my hair natural. All through high school and college, I locked my hair um, in my second year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I finished college, I cut my locks, wore my hair in a short natural, and, and grew it out, cut it again, and then lock my hair again, and actually the way that I wear my hair now, which is locked, um, they, I've had these locks for, um, over 10 years, about 11 years now, so, yes, I've kept my hair locked, (laughs) and, um, so again, with my, with my personal hair journey, um, although I haven't experienced relaxers personally, um, when I do work in the salon, and serving as a trichologist for over 10 years now, um, I'm able to not only empathize with my clients, really help educate them on how to keep their hair healthy, and then I'm able to use myself as an example of a, of a black woman who, you know, has worn her hair straight, has experienced, you know, damage, but it also, because the majority of my life, I've experienced the beauty of, and the growth and the health of my hair, keeping it natural, I can use myself as a testimony for women when reassuring them in that transitional process that, 
you know, wearing the hair natural is going to be the best option and choice for them. Yeah, I've heard you say um, in the past that sometimes people abuse their hair to the point that it becomes damaged or falls out from too much tension. So why do you think we do this to our hair? Um, you know, I think a lot of it really comes from miseducation. You know, when we think about just the history of black hair in America, um, after slavery and we went to the reconstruction period, we were dealing with, you know, black codes and the difficulty of our ancestors integrating into society. And then you're dealing with this, European ideology that not only in order to be accepted, but for especially for women in order to feel beautiful, that you had to have these European traits. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think just with the history of that, that a lot of black women, when they began to grow up, all they do was straight hair, whether it's because their their grandmother or mother or guardian began to straighten or relax their hair at a young age where, you know, the the only thing they can remember their whole life is getting their hair straightened. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, this belief that it's just, just you have to wear your hair straight because wearing our hair natural is difficult. Um, it's hard to manage. All of these things, which of course actually were not true, but it was just a lack of education. Even when you think about the cosmetology system, you spend sixteen hundred hours learning how to destroy our hair. Mm. You know, how to relax the curl, how to straighten Ooh. the hair. There's no there's no knowledge or information even within our institutions um, on celebrating and caring for black hair. And so I think a lot of the choices just come from, again, the lack of knowledge, the lack of exposure. But the beautiful thing is you have this new generation, and I feel so blessed to be a part of it, um, of women who are bringing that knowledge, of course, with the access to information through the Internet. We're able to get more information about how to care for our hair, how to share our at-home rituals through, you know, YouTube and blogs for women who are doing things for themselves, and then there's platforms for professionals like myself who serve hundreds of thousands of people Mm -hmm. and research it on a scientific level and can really educate women and say, hey, if you're making the choice to wear your hair straight because that's what you want to do, then that's great. Um, And here's some information on how to do that in a healthy way, on how to maintain your hair so that you're not experiencing hair loss. And then also, we now have this option of if you want to wear your hair natural because you want to or maybe you might have to because of damage that you have experienced with your hair. And knowing that in order to get back to that that baseline of just healthy hair, you need to go natural. Mm-hmm. And so I think those choices, again, just in my experience in talking and consulting with a number of women really comes from just not having the information, not knowing. You know, there's so many women I sat with and they're just like, I just didn't know how to cut my hair or I don't even know what my curl pattern looks like. Mm, you know, and that's yeah. very common when you talk to a lot of women. But the beautiful thing is we have this new generation of, of young black girls who are growing up and we have way more examples of um, women, black women in the media and entertainment who are wearing their hair now. Way very more true. information yeah. on how to care for it. Way more products. You know, there's so much <laughs> more. But it's just so beautiful to know that this new generation of young black women that are growing up, they're going to have that. And I and I believe the conversations will, will prayerfully, yeah. you know, start to shift and be different. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. And even speaking of products, what products and tools do you use to create your eye-pleasing styles that use, um, I guess, techniques or products that have minimal hair and scalp damage? Because I know you're saying to really minimize the abuse or damage. What do you use to minimize the damage to our hair? Well, I use a 
like from the the techniques to detangle to um, the steps of clarifying and moisturizing. Um, but it sounds like you're really emphasizing you need a clean scalp, you need clean hair and kind of building on that. 
Um, yeah, so this is a process and it sounds like you've observed so many hair clients to recognize that these products are essential um, to have healthy hair. So then as a full-time hair care professional and entrepreneur, what would your recommendation be for the next generation of hair care professionals or even people who are feeling stuck in this craft of hair care? Let me just make sure I understand the question. My, my recommendations for... Yeah, so what would you recommend to the next generation of hair care professionals? Okay, got it, yes. So I would definitely say um, when it comes to the next generation, well, one, you definitely always want to know your history. I would say the success that I've experienced as a hair care professional, a lot of you come from just really researching the women who come before me. Mm. I find that oftentimes we try to reinvent the wheel and we don't have to. I mean, that's why those examples are there to show what's possible and to provide you with a model. And then you improve upon that model. And so I would just encourage the next generation of hair care professionals to make sure that they're, you know, learning about the women who are doing things now, watching what they're doing, and then trying to figure out ways to make it better. I mean, that's what, you know, as an educator myself, when I teach my students, I want them to take what I'm giving them and to improve upon it and to find their gift and to operate in their gift and be able to function and take something into the world and do it better. Mm-hmm. And I would say always to, to trust yourself as well. You know, our care stylists, again, we're creators at our core. And so to really just trust that creative process um, and to, to be authentic to who you are. I know that within the hair industry, there's so much. And I find that a lot of people succumb to the pressure of, maybe doing particular hairstyling techniques and things that they may not really be passionate about or don't really want to do, but it's popular. Mm. Don't go with what's popular. Go with what really moves and speaks to you because that's the journey that I took as well. So many people were like, Carrie, having an all-natural hair salon, that is not going to be successful, especially in LA. <laughs> like, you need to hire people who do straight hair. You need to learn how to weave. And this is what people were telling me. And if I would have succumbed to the pressure and didn't follow my gut, and didn't follow what truly spoke to me as an artist and follow my strengths and what came naturally to me, then I wouldn't be able to experience all the joy that I experience now. And so I really encourage other professionals to just really follow what your passion is. Become an expert at that. Become known at that. And that will continue to open doors for you. Yeah, so you have so much information and knowledge from your experiences to what you've studied. How can people study under you? I've heard that you have developed um, training programs. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. So I have a boot camp that I do. Um, and I'm actually, I don't know when this is going to air, but I'm doing them regularly. Mm-hmm. So I encourage people to visit my website, mahoganyrevolution.com. And it's a three-day boot camp where we go and dive deep into my braiding, twisting, and locking techniques. Mm. And so if you are a hair professional and you want to learn my techniques, and also, too, it opens up the door and opportunity to become a part of my professional styling team. Because Mm. there's so many people who are looking for artists who have trained and, and know my techniques. And more importantly, I want to create a foundation and a platform for these artists to have support in the mentoring that I wish I would have had when I was working in the industry. And with social media, we're stronger together. And so I have a three-day program for artists who want to improve their hands-on skill. I highly encourage it. 
I'm also going to be launching my Goddess Lot certification program. Wow. So, again, it's another hands-on yeah. training course. Yes. <laughs> I'm currently patent-pending on the process. I'm really excited. Um, and so I will be offering this course because, again, although so many women have either come up with their own way of doing it or have learned from my online course that I did release, um, there's still so many people who need additional training to really perfect and master the technique. And so I'll be traveling and training and teaching my technique and then also still providing a platform to support these artists and promote them and let people know around the world that these women are trained and they know how to do the DK Jones lot mm. the way Dr. Gary would. <laughs> and then, yes, I have my psychology program because another element of who I am, I am a psychologist. And so I have that option. It's an eight-week online course that I offer um, to um, anyone who is interested in studying in the field of psychology. It is an accredited program, and upon completion, you do receive a certificate in the field of psychology, and mm-hmm. you are a psychologist. And then I will be releasing another course with my partner, Nadra Spiley, who also is the director of my Mahogany Academy program. And we're going to be releasing the course because what we found when working in Mahogany Academy is that actually a lot of stylists, as talented as they are, there's a mental block um, that they're dealing with that prevents them from really getting to the next level and knowing their value. So this mm-hmm. is going to be a confidence course called Let Go and Get Paid. Wow. And so I'm really excited. <laughs> yes. You know, I said, look, this might be good for anybody, even if he ain't doing it. I know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah. But I'm really excited. We're working on um, that course right now and developing the content for it. I just have a passion for learning. I have a passion for inspiring people, motivating people to really just move and function at their highest potential. Yeah, well, let me know if you need a psychologist as part of that team. You know, I got I got the psychological oh, skills yes. on lock. So. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and and yes, and, and, and trichology sure. sounds a lot like psychology, so they go together. So they <laughs> do go together. And you know what? Oftentimes people are like, "Are you saying psychology?" I'm like, "I guess I am kind of a psychologist, but these are you are, you no, are. I'm just right. hearing confidence class. I'm like, I need that for my clients in my private practice. That that would be a yes. good skill no, set to great. learn. I will definitely, yes, well, girl, I will be, trust, you're going to hear from me on the side. <laughs> I think definitely, for sure, there's some value add there. Yeah, there clearly is a connection between hair, mental health, physical health, business. I see hair being an entry point into every industry, politics, all of that. So it's really interesting how you've developed training programs that can really unite um, how hair is such a focal point, especially in the lives of black women in particular. And so I'm really impressed with these schools. Like that's some, you know, Madam C.J. Walker stuff in terms of really creating huge industries around this to support our community. So this is exciting work. So Dr. Carey, how can people get in contact with you to continue to follow up with your projects? Well, yes, uh, if you're on social media, I'm very active on Instagram at Dr. Carey Will, that's K-A-R-I. You can also, um, please, go to my website, drcarywilliams.com, and there you'll have access. There's like a portal where you'll see um, access to my psychology program if you want to sign up to get information once we release the um, goddess lot training as well as information that will direct you to my mahogany academy nice you got all those links i'll post them too 
So um, as always, these interviews are so informative to me. I feel like I just got a certification in something um, just hearing you talk. (laughs) So I feel like a a celebrity now in terms of having this one-on-one time with Dr. Carey. And so I've really enjoyed spending time talking with you today in our East Coast, West Coast um, phone conversation. So yeah, this yes. this has been great. So for people who are listening, if you want to find out the latest psychotherapy information, you can follow us through our Instagram handle at psychotherapy or the website psychotherapy.org. And of course, if you like this podcast and hearing all this information that Dr. Carey just dropped on all of us, please consider sharing with a stylist, a friend, whoever you think could really benefit from the information that was shared. So in closing, let's remember that a path to healthy hair is having strong roots. Thank you so much, Dr. Carey. This was amazing.